Hey, this is Jonah with Gray Area. Welcome to our series Spotlight, where our mission is to build a bigger and more united house music community by sharing new and exciting artists, festivals, and event brands with you. In this interview, you'll hear from Somai, a talented pianist, vocalist, and a rising star in the world of minimal house and techno. Be sure to like this video and subscribe for more interviews like this. So, you know, something I just start with asking everybody is, if you have a moment or maybe even a time period um, kind of earlier in your life when you felt like you really fell in love with dance music? Oh, wow. Um, so I feel like that question is always interesting for me because I didn't really come into to dance music sort of as like the dance music that I'm, I'm around and in now. Um, obviously, you know, there's other forms of dance music that that you know I, I can think of that I listen to even even like dating back to like k-pop in Korea and um the sound of of k-pop back in the 90s sort of was almost very European dance music-ish like it was very influenced by that so I guess you know in, in, a, in a way you could consider that was maybe some of my earliest exposure but in terms of like modern underground house and techno as we know it today like I really didn't come into that until maybe just five years ago um so yeah I, I guess I wasn't that young <laughs> when I happened upon you know this this genre and this world um but for sure I mean I can you know because it wasn't that long ago I remember it very clearly it was actually um at Coachella and I had just moved to Los Angeles and um you know I didn't have a lot of friends but the uh, the few that I had befriended sort of were like hey, you should come with us to Coachella. I don't know if you've ever been, but like, it's this big thing we have out here in, in, in SoCal. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And honestly, I had never even been to a, a festival until then in my life. Oh, wow. So, right. So like my first festival ever was just straight into it was Coachella. I <laughs> uh, had, you know, didn't really know the group I was with. I knew like one or two of the people in it and um, just went along for the ride and had my mind blown. Um, and yeah, they, they, luckily the group I was with had great taste in music. So they brought me to like <laughs> all the way, you know, in my opinion, all the really good stuff. Like we went and saw like Manoli Top and we saw Rufus and um, yeah, this was my, my first introduction to dance music and I, it just changed my life. Yeah. That's a pretty solid uh, first festival to go to. I think <laughs> that's definitely, right. definitely a bigger scale than what most people ever went to. I, it's funny. I actually remember that the, fir the first thing I ever saw was in high school and it was like Destructo at Terminal 5. But I, wow. had, I had like an 11 p.m. curfew because I was 16. <laughs> and so I didn't even get to see him. Like I just watched the oh, openers. Right, right. Because right. we like when we're young, we don't realize, I don't know, the headliner doesn't come out until like midnight or one or, you know, depending on what city you're in, maybe 4 a.m., you know. I know. It's something I've had to explain to my mom about my job. I'm like, yeah, I know that like you think I work in the concert live event industry, but like the headliner comes on at 1 a.m. So <laughs> you know, lots of late nights. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned it in that you kind of had some K-pop influence as a kid, but uh, I'm just wondering kind of when you were growing up, what kind of music was played in the house? And do you remember what yeah. you were listening to? Um, yeah. So uh, uh, my dad was, I mean, he still is, but especially when I was younger, I, I just have more memories of him playing music in the house and he was a big music fan. So I think uh, he had a big influence in shaping what some of my taste would, you know, become when I was little. Um, but he played all kinds of stuff. He had a lot of, um, 
a lot of R&B and, and, and soul and stuff like that. But he also listened to a lot of like American rock. <laughs> so like he'd be playing Kansas and like mm. Chicago <laughs> and, um, you know, and stuff like that. And, and um, what else? Oh, he liked Holland Oats and like Earth, Wind and Fire. Um, but then all of a sudden there would be, you know, some random Korean radio station on as well. And it would be playing whatever was, you know, popular in the moment. And I don't know, I'm thinking back to like 1998. And um, yeah, like I said, a lot of the K-pop then was influenced um, by, I would say like European sort of dance music and, um, and pop and also American 90s hip hop and R&B. So it was like a weird mishmash of all those influences with like Korean lyrics. <laughs> Um, and then production, so with our own spin on it. So it was, yeah, there was a lot going on musically in the house, I guess. Very and Stevie Wonder too, my dad loved. And how could I forget? He also loved Elton John. That was like his absolute, his absolute, absolute favorite was Elton John. Um, and so, yeah, I think from early on, you know, I developed this love and appreciation for, for melody um, and kind of like nostalgia and, you know, a little bit of like melodrama in, 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 in the melodies and stuff. Cause you know, you get that with Elton John. Absolutely. Well, it, it definitely plays into your music, but uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll wait, we'll wait to touch on that for a little bit. I don't want to, okay. I want to step on any of that. Cause you know, I, I, it's been interesting. Obviously you've, you know, you've only been producing officially, you know, for a couple of years now, but uh, yeah. I feel like the journey that you've kind of been through just listening to all your music is pretty amazing. But before we get into that, um, you know, I think, <laughs> one of the things about you is if I'm not mistaken, you kind of started DJing, you know, before you produced. And yeah. uh, I was just wondering if you have a memory from the first time that you ever had the opportunity to DJ, whether it was at a club or just for some friends at a house party. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a group of my friends um, that are super into, you know, dance music and stuff and we're my frequent um, festival mates, you know, we would all go to festivals a lot together and stuff. Um, one of them had recently moved to a new apartment in like Santa Monica, I believe. Um, so he was like, you should come and, you know, DJ for the first time ever, um, you know, for, for us as, as part of my housewarming, if, if you want. And um, I think at that point I had been, you know, DJing by myself in my bedroom for like one month. Like I really did not know what I was doing. And I was like super excited at the thought of like, oh my gosh, okay, this is a great chance to like play in front of people. But also I was so nervous. I, I mean, I don't know, it's silly now that I think about it. I'm like, these are my friends. Like they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna judge me or, you know, be mean to me or anything, <laughs> no matter how it turns out. But um, I, uh, I remember bringing my like ex DJ setup over all the way to his, like I packed it up in my car and like blankets and like, you know, all my like cables and everything. And I was like, okay, this is my first gig, you know? <laughs> and it was, um, it was interesting. <laughs> it, 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 it was an interesting performance. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm sure I can imagine. I feel like whenever it's like DJing for your friends, there's, it's all, it's almost, it's almost harder because like, no one is going to say yeah. anything to you if you suck, right. but right. like you want to be great. Cause like, you just want your friends to have a good time. Yeah. You want to like impress your friends, you know? Um, yeah. I remember like I had, uh, the, um, the AB, like I didn't have the AB like channel fader, like on through. Um, and so 
I was like, you know, my hand would keep hitting the fader and I wouldn't oh, know what no. I was doing. And like, so like the, the like audio would just like cut out, you know, and I'd be like, I don't know what I did. I, I, I stopped the music, you know, it just, just such, yeah, rookie oh, <laughs> mistakes or whatever. But yeah, I guess you have to go through that to, to learn. And thankfully it was just in front of, you know, my friends and not at a club somewhere. So <laughs> that's pretty good. I, it's funny. I've honestly, I've heard some it sounds like you were a little better than some of the other people I've talked to where a lot, a lot of these guys in Europe, especially had this experience of like, I'd never DJed before in my life. And then I somehow got like booked to play a club and showed up and like <laughs> plugged into the pioneer CDJ and like, didn't know what to do. And I'm like, that, that sounds terrifying. Um, that, that the thought of that gives me like super anxiety. I'm just imagining <laughs> that like, <yeah>. no, <laughs> Well, speaking of live performances, you know, obviously, you know, you've, you've gotten a start to your career recently, and I think you have a lot of pretty great gigs booked kind of in the coming year, I'm sure. But uh, are there any festivals or venues either in the States or elsewhere that are kind of a, a dream for you to play at? Uh, venues or festivals? Um, you know, I, I think just, um, anywhere in Europe at the moment feels like, you know, a, a, a bucket list um, item, I guess, you know, partially just because of, of all the travel restrictions we've had for the past year. It, it's almost just that alone has made going back to Europe, uh, even to visit, let alone play, seem like some very distant, <laughs> unattainable um, feat uh, to accomplish. Um, but yeah, I think just I would love to get more experience playing anywhere abroad. You know, Europe is included in that obviously, but also throughout Asia. Um, you know, I can't even really think, pinpoint just one dream festival. There's there's so many out there, um, but um, just playing more internationally in general, I think is, is a, any of that would, would feel like a, a dream come true, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many yeah. beautiful, there's so many beautiful stages across the world. And I think as an artist, yeah. it's, it's pretty validating to, you know, know you have those fans out there. Well, I know exactly. I know that uh, in New York, we're very excited to see you at the Mirage. That's going to be a pretty special one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, just kind of the last thing before we start really getting into your career, something else I like to ask pretty much everyone, which is if you had the opportunity to uh, kind of uh, organize a club night, where you're playing and you can pick any artist you want to play with you, play before you, play after you, who would be on that bill? Oh my gosh. That's... You can pick as many artists as you want. That's so hard. Oh, <laughs> I know no. it's an, it's an unfair question. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, are we allowed to like come back to that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, okay, we may have to circle back to that. I'm like, this is too hard to answer at the moment. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, everyone, everyone has that reaction because they're like, oh man, if my friends listen to this, they're gonna get pissed that I didn't put them on. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, I hadn't even thought of it from that angle. Okay, yeah, we definitely have to circle back on this. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll turn we'll turn back to it on the end. Well, okay. You know, one of the things I wanted to get into a little bit more on a serious note, you know, I think something that is really important that you've discussed pretty openly um, in previous interviews is just mental health and, you know, addiction and kind of some of those issues. And I think uh, it's something that everyone is more conscious of these days, and especially in the, you know, artist world where it's a very demanding life and, you know, you never, it's just, obviously there's so many factors going on that you're trying to balance while also advancing your career. 
Um, right. You know, I'm wondering if you could just touch on that. And do you know, did you feel like music kind of was always an escape for you? Or did music become sort of the avenue in which to almost express some of these issues that you were dealing with and work through it? Um, I, I guess both. Um, you know, I think, yeah, the the idea of music as sort of a place for me to escape, that's, I think that started pretty young. Um, I, you know, I, I, I studied classical piano my whole life growing up. And, um, you know, obviously at times that the, the practicing for it was, was super grueling and, and, you know, the last thing I wanted to do, and especially when you're a kid, you like, want to go out and play with your friends, but like, <laughs> I stuck with it for, for, for a long time. And, um, you know, once, once you get past the phase of like sucking at something, <laughs> then you can really start to enjoy it, like the doing of it. Right. And so, yeah, obviously when I was little, I wasn't maybe as good initially, but um, over the years, you know, I, I, I got much better at it. And then, and that's when I found that uh, I could actually really escape in, in playing piano. Um, and some, I would just, you know, sometimes I'd be really overwhelmed by school or life or I'd get into an argument with my mom or something over, you know, school, something school related, um, or me uh, being out too late and being rebellious. And um, I'd get really upset. And I'd sit down at the piano sometimes and just like, play, you know, and, and play melancholy stuff and just like, <laughs> just let myself bathe in the, <laughs> in the emotions of it all. Um, so yeah, I think music uh, has always been a kind of escape for me. Um, but it wasn't until getting into dance music and production that I felt like I was really able to like express maybe more of myself through it. Like, you know, playing playing piano is a great outlet, but it's not like my compositions, you know? Um, so once I started producing and getting to tell some of like my own sort of personal story through it, um, I think, yeah, that was, that was, that sort of addresses the second part of, of, of your question or your statement, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I appreciate you just touching on that. Uh, it's such a it's such an important topic these days. And I, I think it's really, you know, to have somebody in, in your position with influence to just be talking openly about it is really great. Um, you know, kind of piggybacking just on the on the piano piece. You're also a vocalist, very talented one. And, you know, it obviously oh, <laughs> comes through and, you know, a lot of your songs. I'm wondering, you know, how did you like, were, did you always sing as a kid or how did that come into your music? And then the follow-up is as a vocalist, do you sometimes feel like, like, how does that impact your production process? Do you feel like you always need to have your lyrics on a song? Is it a right. conscious decision? You know, what goes into that? Right. Ooh, those are really good questions. Um, so the singing, okay. So the first part of the question, um, you know, I don't, I don't have, I don't remember this, but apparently I started singing like like when I was just, I don't know, before I could even talk. And that's what my mom says, that I was just sort of babbling like melodies <laughs> um, and, and humming things. Um, and I was like, I think like one years old um, when that started. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I always find the question of like nature versus nurture, which is maybe for a separate topic or a separate conversation, super fascinating. But clearly there was, there's always been something in me that just, you know, was, was inclined to express myself vocally. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I always loved singing. I would, it, it honestly came even before I started playing the piano. And um, I uh, grew up doing musical theater and, 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 and singing in choir my whole life. So in tandem with, 
you know, studying uh, classical piano and, and, and taking examinations and, and stuff like that for that. I was also acting in, in musicals and um, singing um, in different like acapella groups and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so I think that um, naturally that it, it feels like a natural way for me to sort of like storytell uh, through singing, because I think of my experience doing musical theater where you are storytelling and you are playing a character. Um, and I feel like I bring some of that into what I do vocally. I don't know, a lot of times um, when I write lyrics or, or deliver some kind of performance, whether it's for my own track or if it's a feature for someone else, I almost like create a character um, <laughs> who is, is singing about, uh, you know, some story like for that song. And um, yeah, to answer the second part of your question, I do think that I approach production maybe in a unique way in that um, I, I tend to think of melodies first or I tend to think of like a song concept first. And even if it ends up being something a sort of like a, a dubbier track where there isn't like, you know, a verse and a chorus, but just little vocal chops, it may have still started out as like a song concept in my head. Um, so I would say that, yeah, I, I, I often lead my productions with vocal ideas. And so it's, it's a huge part of my um, songwriting process, I'd say. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> you know, I think, as, as I mentioned, it's like, and as you've said, something that's really just so great about your music is it's not, you know, falling into one box over and over again, which I think can be, you know, a struggle for artists who are trying to find themselves. Uh, kind of some of your first releases, the, the remix of Runaway, the Somebody Like You with Lebelski, uh, even the again EP, you know, I think objectively they had a little bit more of that like club feel, um, maybe a little more four on the floor. I was just wondering kind of if you could tell us about some of your early influences and, you know, what was pushing you to kind of make that style of music? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this in our conversation yet, but like pop and R&B were definitely some of my early and major influences um, and as well as classical piano. It's like these two <laughs> sort of very different um, ends of the musical spectrum, uh, but uh, both equally kind of had a big role in my formative years of, of as, as a you know, music lover. And um, so in something like Runaway, uh, that was the very first sort of production of any sort that I, that I did. And um, even though it was a remix, uh, I, I really didn't use a ton of the book of the, uh, the, the production stems that I was given. Um, I think I was like really ambitious because it was my first one and I wanted to sort of make, make my mark. And so most of that, that remix, you know, I, I programmed everything from scratch, the drums and everything. And I really was like hell bent on including like piano in it. It was like, okay, like I want to introduce myself to the world and kind of uh, uh, puts, put my stamp on it in, in, in a unique way. And so um, there's like this piano part that's kind of prominent, like in the buildup and stuff. And um, that, yeah, I, the little riff that I did, I feel like that was sort of, you know, influenced by like my studies of classical music, maybe a little jazz. Um, and then as far as the Again EP, uh, I'd say that one was very, in my mind, influenced by like R&B. Um, so, you know, something like, again, uh, the track, I had um, 
Me and You by Cassie in mind <laughs> when I was making that. Like I was trying to channel Cassie, Me and You vibes in that, but like, but house <laughs> and, uh, you know, 2000 and uh, like modern sort of. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. But. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, from, from that point on, like, I think kind of starting in, in mid 2020, you, you start going on the serious rod and like you put out, want you to love me with astral works. And then from, from there, you start hitting these like very high, <laughs> high level artist driven labels. You know, you get um, the spark CP with Danny Howard, um, the odd one out, which by the way, I think that might be one of my favorite things you've put out. Like I was, I was uh, listening to you. it and I was just like, Oh, Oh, like that. <laughs> This is hitting. Um, I, I, I think that's. I think that's a good reaction. Yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little little stank face. Um, yes. You know, and then and then recently the collaboration with Book of Shade. Um, you know, for someone like you, where you really started so recently, and you're just getting such immediate recognition. I'm wondering if you could just touch on kind of what it means to have this sort of recognition from such a diverse group of artists. Um, and then also, how did you connect with them? Yeah. Uh, honestly, it, it feels pretty surreal. Um, and, and I kind of hope that that feeling like never goes away. You know, I hope this like never becomes a normalized thing, um, just to keep me on my toes and to keep me appreciative. You know, I, I really, really feel, uh, yeah, just kind of mind blown by it all still. And, um, it feels really good to, to be seen and heard in that way, you know, um, like there, there just aren't, like I, as as recently as I came into this, you know, in the last few years, um, yeah, I, I guess I still haven't really, you know, seen too many um, examples of people doing this who who like look like myself, you know, uh, Korean women, you know. I mean, it's amazing that we do have a handful of very prominent, successful Korean women in the dance music industry today, but. Um, obviously Peggy Goo and Pak Hejin and, and uh, people like that, but it's still like, there's still, you can still list them off on like one hand, you know? And um, so at the end of the day, that's, that's not very many. And so um, to be able to kind of join in there on, on their war path, I guess, and have um, the opportunity to make the kind of music I make, which yeah, it, it isn't sort of, um, I guess the norm, I mean, you know, there, I obviously operate within um, like the framework of, of familiar dance music, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm still making house music. I'm still making techno, you know, I'm not completely reinventing the paradigm, but, you know, I'm putting a sort of unique stamp on it, you know, vocally driven um, R&B influences, K-pop influences, all kind of like mixed in there. So um, to be record, to have my music sort of recognize and, and, and appreciate it as, as weird as it is to, to me sometimes even like, I'm like, I don't know if people are going to get this or like this. It, it feels really good. Um, and as far as getting connected with, with, uh, you know, some of the names that you mentioned, um, honestly, just Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, the good old IGDM, you know, <laughs> never um, fails, never fails. Yeah. I just think it's, yeah, it's, it's an incredible platform. It's done so much for me. I, um, I, I was just honestly getting in touch with, you know, Josh Butler and, and Book of Shade was as simple as an Instagram DM. So 
um, that's, I don't really have a cooler story than that oh, <laughs> as far great. as how I got in touch with them. Yeah. <laughs> have, are, are you in Josh Butler? Is, do you guys have music out or are you working on something yeah. right now? Yeah. So, um, right after the, the Sparks EP with Danny, um, a little, like, I think like two weeks after that release, um, Josh and I had a release on his label together called Sunday Sunset. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah. And, and, you know, just in terms of streaming numbers, it's probably one of the, the, it's performed one of the best in terms of the music that I've worked on. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sort of feel good, a sort of timeless feeling, um, like deep house, deep house track, I'd say a minimal deep house track. He, uh, he really knows how to do that. I, I, I had the opportunity to interview him as well. And I mean, an unbelievably nice guy and super humble. So nice. Yeah. Um, you know, you obviously touched on just kind of some of the prominent Korean artists that are in your space. And as you mentioned, you know, there are probably less than there should be. And I'm just curious from your perspective, I, you know, it seems like there's a big music scene there, but I'm wondering if you feel like is the house and electronic scene in Korea growing or do you think it's still very geared towards kind of the K-pop sound? Oh, no, I would say, you know, it's it's definitely growing. I mean, I had the opportunity to go back um, and, and perform in Korea um, in 2019 um, at, at Ultra uh, in June. And um, I got to spend a little bit of time that summer kind of and by a little bit of time, I mean like, I don't know, a few days because I was out there for like a week or two. But um, I got to hit up some of the underground clubs out there and, and get a feel for the scene. And like, I was blown away because when I was growing up there, there was absolutely none of that. I mean, or if there was, I, I it was just completely over my head, but I'm, I, I don't, you know, I think that it's been a really recent development as far as the house and techno scene there. But um, there were so many little cool like dives and, and, you know, like a hundred, 200 cap rooms and, or maybe even smaller. I don't yeah. even know. I just, it, it was so cool. There was just so, there were so many, like there was a whole stretch and you would never know where these places were, but luckily I had, you know, a friend show me around and like, take me to all these. And I was like, are we, is this, is this safe? Like, where are you taking me? This looks really sketchy, you know, but then like you'd open the door and there'd be this like miraculous little hidden gem where the DJs were spinning, you know, all vinyl and, and slamming, insane left field underground like techno tracks that I've just never even heard out here you know at, at any of the warehouses and um so and that was 2019 so you know I have to imagine in the last two years it's I mean despite COVID I think that the community has, has still been has still been growing um and I'm yeah I'm itching to go back and just like get I don't know just experience more of it uh, absolutely I mean I think you know one of the great things kind of in the last 10 years is just the increase of accessibility to whether it's DJ software or production software, it's like anyone can do this now. And yeah. it's, I mean, we're seeing it with all types of music, but I feel like electronic, especially, you know, you can be a bedroom producer. You don't need to have a $10,000 studio. And oh, I think no. just, you know, just opening, <laughs> opening that up really like is increasing the amount of artists that we get to experience as fans. Um, Absolutely. You know, you obviously have a pretty serious artistic vision um, when it comes to what you're doing here. And I'm just wondering uh, going forward and, you know, this could be both um, short-term and long-term uh, when you get to a place in your career where uh, you can kind of do whatever you want on stage in regards to uh, performance, you know, visual art, et cetera, 
do you kind of have a vision for how you would like to present yourself? Mm -hmm. um, that's another good question. It's like, sometimes I feel like the vision is, is super clear in my head and then, and then other days it'll shift and I'm like, oh, is that what I want to do anymore? Or I don't know if you get, you know, experience this sometimes, but like, I don't know, like, it just, these things are so clear in some moments and so fleeting. <laughs> Um, or, or like, you know, I'll have a clear idea in my head, but then I'll see someone else's like really cool stage set up, and I'll be like, wait, wait, no, no, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Like in, in 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 three years, never mind. Just like forget everything that I, that, you know, that I envisioned because this is way cooler. So like that happens to me a lot. Um, um, but let's see. I'll try and describe. I don't know. So um, as I mentioned before, I love you know a lot of pop and, and R and B music too. And a couple of years ago, I went to see a Post Malone show. And I think it was like actually, yeah, just two years ago. And his stage setup was so cool. Like I want something like that. So he had just this like minimal rectangular like light box above him hanging. And from it was just like descending a hundred beautiful like spotlights in like shades of pink and blue and purple, very like soft kind of uh, sexy colors, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it was really just him on stage, very minimal. Uh, but it, so I feel like a lot of it came down to like having an incredible lighting designer, um, just playing with and, and creating illusions of dimension using that box and then the lights in it. So, um, you know, as, as someone who really uh, appreciates that minimal sound um, in, in dance music, I've always wanted something, you know, stage wise that, that reflects that as well, that kind of highlights that. So like, um, you know, I like sounds that are and tracks that are very kind of hollow, um, where it sounds like you're maybe in a cave and there's a lot of like, you know, sounds kind of ricocheting and bouncing. And um, visually, I just, I, I, I love um, lighting design and set design that looks minimal and also kind of emulates that where like you have shadows and, 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 and light kind of bouncing around. And um, yeah, I tend to like sort of very pretty, um, soft colors like purples and blues and, and, and as opposed to like, I guess in my mind, like a harder color, like red <laughs> uh, or like a, 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 a bright yellow. So I think, um, I don't know if that kind of answered the question, but something, you know, I, I, I've always wanted something very dreamy, inviting, um, inclusive, hollow uh, lights that play against like uh, space and shadow and creating like dimension. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, that's great. And I think it's funny because it, it's so easy, I think, in electronic to get sucked into the, you know, who can have more lasers and fire <laughs> game. Yeah, you totally. know? yeah. It's like, don't get me wrong. Like, when I go to see Eric Prids and the lasers yeah. shine, like I'm, I'm down. Oh yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. But it's refreshing. <laughs> you know, it's very refreshing to see somebody do something different. I, I know, I think, um, I guess that I don't know if the tour ended up happening because of COVID, but I know Fortet had a kind of concept similar to what you're describing planned. Um, just musically, I, I mean, maybe you know them, but I was curious if you're a fan of Polo and Pan. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. They, um, you know, they have that amazing circle video uh, online and uh, that it just, I think captures their spirit so well, yeah. just the whimsy, you know, I feel like they, 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 they just remind me of like Greek mythology kind of. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're super cool. Yeah. And I was actually on the drive home from San Diego this weekend was listening to their new album. Um, again, very 
mystical kind of stuff. Super, super cool. Yeah. Cool use of empty space. Um, you know, just a, a follow-up and then I'm, I'm just curious, like when you think about that live piece, do you see yourself ever trying to go down the route of a live performance or a mixed hybrid live? Yeah. Um, a lot of people ask me that, and I guess it's, it's a natural question just because I do play instruments. Well, I play the piano and, um, and I sing. So yeah, I mean, that sounds so freaking cool. And um, like, it, it, it sounds like, uh, well, at, at the moment, it sounds almost like an impossible challenge. Cause I'm like, you know, I still am at the point where I would like to learn how to master uh, the decks first, you know, as a DJ, but I'm sure there's going to come a point where uh, I feel like I've maybe not, you know, completely mastered it. I feel like maybe that, you I don't know if you ever hit that point where you're like, oh yes, I just <laughs> know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the master DJ, but um, I'm sure there's going to come a point where I, I have that itch to kind of express myself additionally, um, where it's like, okay, I feel really comfortable on the decks. Like now I feel ready to maybe explore singing, you know, live on stage some in some capacity. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the hybrid setup would look like yet for myself, but uh, you know, loosely in my mind, that's I feel like that's something that that I need to aspire to. It would almost be like a waste not to try and explore that. Yeah, definitely. What does uh, the next year, or the next few months look for you in regards to putting out music? Um, so I have a couple collaborations that. Um, are either finished and already slated to come out or uh, in the works currently in terms of like the mixing and mastering process. Um, so I, I do have a couple more collaborations coming out um, that I'm really excited about. But um, honestly, uh, besides that, I've, I'm really sort of, uh, have, I'm going back to the drawing board and back, back to the studio to try and um, work on the next, you know, body of work that is my own solo work. and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun and also scary. You know, you, you had mentioned my, you know, this past year for me being kind of like a very uh, fast trajectory in terms of, of musical output. And um, yeah, and, you know, and looking back on it now, it does seem that way. And, and um, I, I kind of, I kind of don't know how I, I did all that. <laughs> I don't know if you ever experienced that as well, where you're like, you look back and you're like, wait, how did I, whoa, like, <laughs> how did I just like, how did I like knock that all out? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Cause I feel like, you know, if someone were to like, be like, could you like recreate this last year of music? Like, I don't know if I could, you know, if I could. Right. Um, so, um, you know, I, I feel a bit of pressure to kind of keep that momentum going. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I always want to challenge myself to like, do something different and do something new with each release. And so, um, yeah, I mean, not, it, I wouldn't say it's, it's as drastic as like a reinvention with every EP, but you know, I, I want to make sure that every EP I put out sounds like myself, but you know, different from the last. And, um, it takes time, you know, it takes time to, to create something that sort of checks those boxes. Yeah. Are there any, uh, vocalists or singers that you would just, absolutely love to get into the studio with you oh my gosh i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, this is this is like total pipe dream but like i absolutely love billy eilish <laughs> and that would like, be awesome I, right like if i somehow 
managed to get Billy on like a techno track. I don't even know. I think my mind would just explode. <laughs> she, uh, it's, it's honestly like, obviously I'm sure, you know, someone like that is so busy and has such like, yeah. far, far laid out plans for music, but right. she would be the best vocalist for electronic music. Like I Which, just have yes. no doubt, like the right? way, the way her voice is, is uh, it's it needs to happen so billy if you if you see this if you see this (laughs) if if somehow you're watching this billy like we need you (laughs) but she's probably busy like composing the next uh james bond yeah you know score so yeah what hasn't she done at like age 12 i mean it's really crazy (laughs) right i think she's like she's like 13 now finally no oh my god yeah yeah it's really crazy well I have two more questions for you. One is I'm I'm coming back around. Um, oh, you can switch it to just be like someone you'd like to play back to back with, if that's easier. Oh my gosh, um, you know uh, there there are so many people that I would love to uh, play back to back with, um, and and really just try and and, and learn from, you know, um, but. I'd say, okay, this past weekend, I finally got to see Danny Day's play um, for the first time. And he just like blew my mind. And um, I know he's coming to LA to play uh, for the Into the Woods party this Friday, which I'm absolutely going to, because I'm like, I need to see this madman again. He is like, (laughs) that's when he is a madman behind the deck. So um, I would love to play with him and learn from him. Um, I would also, love to either you know have on on my lineup or 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 play with Maceo Plex um he is someone that I just absolutely look up to as a DJ and you know as a producer as well but um I had the the opportunity to see him play for the first time in a in Ibiza uh, right before the world shut down and I saw him at Privilege uh, in the main room and yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that was just a very, I think, again, strong, like, uh, sort of first DJ set to see, like, <laughs> in, in Ibiza, you know, um, but he, he blew my mind. I mean, he, it's, it was just one of those sets where I was like, what is even, what is he, what is he even doing up there? You know, so, like, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, yeah, I can understand, like, how this person is mixing, you can hear the transitions, and you can kind of, wrap your head around what's going on this was one of those sets where i was like i don't know what he's doing i don't know what he's he's triggering whether he's using you know trigger pads or uh, you know if he's even playing on cdjs like i don't understand what's going on sonically it's just too epic yeah he's, <laughs> but, um, he's really on another level he just was here um on the th- the third on saturday whatever um he was just here on saturday and he played like a 3 30 a.m to sunset set at the at the oh mirage my gosh. And, yeah. did he really oh yeah. that's so so good <laughs> and, and then he actually he went back to back with stephen bodson to, oh to, to close so oh great it was you know that was that was okay it was okay it was decent it, it, it was decent <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you you had an okay time <laughs> yeah it was, it was you know it was whatever but uh no he's he's really special i kind of had a feeling you were gonna say that i just because really I, I don't know i could just see it like just the way his sound is and i think you guys would be a good pairing but uh oh my goodness thank the, you no. the, <laughs> the last the last last question i have for you before i let you go is just if there's uh any artists, whether they're up and coming or otherwise, that you've really found yourself listening to a lot recently? Oh, that's a good question. 
That is a, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what I've been listening to recently. Um, I feel like, uh, well, okay, so someone's productions who I do really love, I mean, I don't know how like up and coming uh, he is. I think he's, um, and he's on the rise for sure. And you know, I don't know uh, for exactly how long he's been producing and, and doing this, but um, his name is one that I'm definitely seeing, you know, come up now and that's a vision. Um, and is he from New York actually? I actually don't know, but I, I think definitely had a great couple of years. Yeah, I, I think I think he might be from New York, um, but um, just I, I, I love all the music that's that's been coming from him recently. Um, and I've been seeing his name pop up more on, 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 on some really spectacular lineups. And so, um, yeah, him and um, actually, you know what, now, now that's reminding me there, there are a lot of amazing names like in the UK that um, you know, I, that I, I think are really exciting, like Jaden Thompson. Um, so, so good. And um, yeah, just uh, a lot of the stuff that, you know, is, is coming. Um, I, I've, I've discovered a lot of these new artists actually from from Danny Howard's like radio show. And, you know, he likes to support um, a good mix of like the more established artists as well as some of these like younger names. So yeah, just, just really cool artists coming out of the UK in general. I think uh, a lot of like, I feel like I see them being like the next generation. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it feels like there are, there is so much talent out there. And I, I mean, especially it's like the competition level is super high. And I know a lot of these guys are friends, but it's like when, you know, when you know, you have to bring your A game every single time because it's just, there's so many people. Um, well, listen, yeah. that, that's, that's all I got. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. This was really great. And uh, thank you for, for having me. For our listeners in New York, uh, you'll be here on September 18th, I think, right? At the Brooklyn Woo. Mirage. Yeah, both the day there's like a matinee. So, so cool. I was like, well, I've never heard of, I've never heard the word matinee used <laughs> in the context of like a, of a, of a dance, <laughs> of like a rave. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'll be playing both the matinee and the nighttime, the nighttime Mirage show. That's awesome. Well, we're really looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully we can share a drink in person at the Mirage. Yes, I would love to do that. And a slice of, of, of New York pizza. Oh, yeah. All right. We're gonna, I'll hit <laughs> you with all the recommendations. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good one. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.